Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. So we have Lee Zhao Mandelbaum joining us on the show today. She is the co-founder and president of China Iowa Group. Lee, thank you for taking the time to, uh, to chat with us today. Thank you, Mike, for having me. For the sake of those that are listening today, share, share a little bit about, uh, about Iowa China Group and maybe uh, as well as a bit of your background as well. Um, absolutely. Um, so my name is Lee Zhao Mandelbaum, and I'm the president and founder of China Iowa Group. For those who are not familiar with China Iowa Group, uh, we are a local boutique firm that uh, help business to do business with China. Our passion and our mission are we want to make business simple. We want to help them to increase their profitability when they're doing business with Chinese companies. Uh, the service that we offer includes sourcing, which means we help our company to import products from China. Uh, we also help them to open the door to this massive market in China, whether through a straight exporting, exporting the product to China, or if they want to set up a presence to distribute their products on the ground or have a partnership with a Chinese company, we help them through those um, process as well. Um, uh, we're very happy to, um, to report after being a decade in Iowa, uh, we have helped many businesses achieve their goals. A little bit about myself, I was born and raised in China. I spent 25 years there before I left China. I studied international trade and economics and was very fortunate to work in various different industries related with trade before I left China. After that, I moved to the uh, Netherlands. Um, I worked for a subsidiary of a Dutch agricultural bank called the Rabobank. And then I was moved again. I spent a year in the UK working for the same subsidiary. And eventually I was moved um, to uh, Des Moines, Iowa in 2008. And talking about timing, 2008, if you recall, <laughs> was the financial crisis. Um, I moved over here and uh, things quickly started to, to change. I see many companies are laying off workers, uh, businesses are going bankrupt, and uh, you know the stock market, the, the price of the stocks seems so surreal. I would say that was the first major challenge that I have come across since I started my career, and I, uh, you know, I moved to uh, since I moved to the United States. I was very fortunate to have been in this wonderful, uh, very receiving community. I was trying to look for leadership from the community leader, and I reached out. They helped me. Um, uh, in 2010, that's when my business partner, Ben, and I, who is my husband, with the help of several community leaders, we launched China Iowa Group. Um, and, uh, and we are here today to help more business. I know you had touched on on one challenge um, as far as coming here in 08. Um, talk about some of the other challenges, too, maybe from events in the past, um, and, and kind of some of the things you're experiencing. I was, I'm assuming that you've had, you've worked with teams of people. Maybe talk about and shed some light on, on those challenges and how you led your teams 
through those those times. And if you want to refer back to, you know, the 08 situation, that's perfectly fine. But between that and any, any other stories you want to share about how you how you got your teams through those tough times? Oh, definitely. Um, well, we are a small company, so we have a very small team. And in looking back at those challenges, I like to say the pros for small business is that we're very agile and we can adapt quickly um, to situation and crisis. The, the con is we are small. The resources and tools that are available to ours are limited. So um, today I was very glad and, and, and uh, feel very fortunate to have this platform here to share some of the challenges that we as small business owners as well as entrepreneur are facing, you know, how do we utilize the limited resource that we have a very, very key, but also very, very small team um, that at our disposal to weather through this storm and, and go through the challenges together, coming out stronger than before. Um, first, I want to acknowledge because we're small, everybody's personal issues and what they have to go through in their personal life has become a much bigger a challenge, you know, in the organization than a big organization. Um, to give you an example, you know, I have my team member before where their parents have major operations and they have to take the time off to really take care of their parents. Uh, and all of a sudden, the, uh, the path that used to be able to carry it out so smoothly, so similarly, all of a sudden I was really struggling because I have to now take on his extra responsibility while maintaining the balance and help out the rest of my teammates. And a lot of people, uh, you know, they tend to not look at that because when you're uh, in a larger organization, they usually already have a backup or a contingency plan. And when someone is not in the, in the office, they usually have a plan to how to carry out the job and the roles and responsibility of that person. For a small business, we don't have that luxury. Um, so I would say those are, um, challenges that every small business owner, um, has come across before. And in situations like that, we really don't have too much, um, leeway in terms of how do we mitigate it? We really just have to, you know, deal with it when it comes. Um, the most recent challenge that we face, um, as an organization is, um, around 2018, the U.S. and China has entered into more phase of the trade tension. Again, when we talk about small business, the, the tools are limited. So the current administration first launched a, a race of tariffs uh, on the Section 301 on a lot of Chinese products, and then Chinese uh, uh, government retaliate, and then uh, there's more being levied again. Uh, during at the first round of the tariff increase, we already have a lot of sticker shots. For my company, China Island Group, we got hit on both ends. So every product that we're bringing in on the importing side, now the price is higher. Right. And on the exporting side, a lot of my clients are small business too. All of a sudden, their products are not competitive in the Chinese market anymore. So we went through container loads of goods going to China to zero sales. And the infrastructure that we put in there, like the marketing and those are continue to, uh, you know, to, to increase, right? The, the costs are still there, but we're not making the sales to mitigate, to uh, offset those costs that we encourage. So it's tremendous burden to small business um, as myself, as well as the clients that I served. 
again, if you look at a larger company, um, they have supply chain all over the world. You know, they're able to mitigate, you know, they can put certain production to move to a country where there's no tariff or very low tariff, um, or they can simply uh, do some other strategy. And those are not available to us small business. So I would definitely say when it first happened, um, there's a general pessimistic that it's really hurting us and we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so how we, I would say the challenge are still a little bit somewhat um, happening today, but we have adapt. Like I said, the advantage of us, small businesses, we, we adapt. And I, I tell my team and also I tell my small business clients is in situation like this, we really need to have a plan. We look at what are the things we can change and what are the things we cannot change. We need to be realistic. The things that we cannot change, we will just not, you know, we'll just not touch those parts. Like, for example, the tariff, right? If it's the two countries are in those area, and if we don't have the resources to get the product to be exempt from the tariff, then we just accept that, yes, there's the tariff. And then now what do we do? Can we cut cost from both ends, you know, for the manufacturers and from us? Can we cut our marketing costs? Can everybody uh, chip in a little bit to help out? Can we find out more creative solutions to deliver that product to our, to our client? And once we come up with a plan where the things that we identify, we can change, um, a sense of optimism, you know, comes back to, right. to my team, right. you know, and also to my clients. Yes. And, um, and that's very, very, very important. And also I, um, one thing that I lead my team is, uh, to lead through example. I know everything is hard. I know they, 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 you know, they hit my business. I tell them they hit my business, but I'm fighting back. And when they hit their business, they really need to come up with that plan and, and let's uh, work it, work it out together. So it's been working, uh, um, so far so good. We're making changes. Um, and we're waiting for the day when things are more normalized and that we can have a more diverse, uh, a big, bigger scale marketing plan again. Okay, and to shift slightly from the team aspect of, of dealing with challenges, to ask you, you have a lot that you're responsible for, whether it's, you know, leading your teams that you work with, as well as leading your clients. Um, I know a lot of that can be both mentally and physically draining, especially when you're having to go through the challenging times, but probably even a little bit when you have to, you know, when you have the good times as well, there's still some things that, um, that you have to do to support, you know, both sides of the fence, if you will. What are some of the things that you do to offset the the insanity, for lack of a better word? I know some people, you know, listen to music. Some people go to or take yoga classes. Some have a spiritual nature that they involve themselves in. What are some of the things that Lee does to kind of turn that switch off at the end of the day so she can come back stronger tomorrow? Yes, that's a great question. And I did a lot too, you know, yoga, music, singing, dancing, that's all the things I love. Um, they definitely helped me a lot. But I would say the most important thing to help me uh, to maintain the, the insanity is really to look back on my personal uh, experience and channel the energy through that. Um, you know, I didn't share with you at the beginning is that when I was born, um, 
my grandmother was actually uh, disappointed because I was a girl. She wanted to have a boy to carry out the family name. My, my father was the only son that she has. And according to the tradition, right, in China, only the son gets to carry the family tradition forward. So she was so disappointed that the family tradition uh, was going to end with me. She did not, um, she was so disappointed that she even walked away from the hospital knowing I was a girl on the day I was born. So, so with some of those, um, you know, I would definitely say those are the first challenge that I received as a kid, understanding, oh my gosh, there's a bias, there's a gender bias that I'm less than a boy um, that's haunting me. But I, again, through my personal resilience and also the love and support from other part of my family, they're telling me, yes, I can overcome this. I can convince my grandma that even though I'm a girl, I can accomplish things too. And then also uh, when I was in uh, middle school, my parents got divorced. Um, I come from a, you know, a, a typical middle-class family and they're just fine. But I, I was a very unfortunate that I get into this more like a, a battle where they just trying to show who care about me less. Right. It's very childish from their end. But the end result was um, they ne- they completely neg- neglected me that at days where I don't even have enough food to eat. I don't have breakfast. I get to eat one lunch in school, but I don't have breakfast. I was so hungry that I will literally buy the cheapest available breakfast and then I'll, I'll cut it up into several portions and I force myself to only eat one portion and not the other so I can get by through the week. It was those extreme um, hardships that I have um, in, you know, in, in my uh, teenager years and in my childhood that had teach me uh, that, you know, there's nothing that we couldn't overcome if I already overcome all these personal obstacles. One of the uh, sentence I often use, um, you know, uh, when I first set up my business is I really appreciate this opportunity to sit in front of you to help you and help you succeed in China, you know, for to have this opportunity to sit in front of you to, you know, have a cup of coffee. I fought for 28 years to be able to do that. And I cherish everything that I have so far. And I feel at times of difficulty, I look at all the different the difficulties I had in, you know, in my younger days. And I feel like, okay, if I can overcome those, ob- those challenges and obstacles, and I can overcome this now. Uh, so just, you know, a little bit about that. And I'm sure a lot of small business owners has a similar experience, you know, when they try to balance their business, their career with their family, with their personal struggles, it's hard. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It's just really, really hard. Um, but finding that um, inner energy that we have and always remain optimistic, knowing the future will always be better. And when we look back, all these challenges are just dip in the history. And that's been very helpful to keep me be sane and be optimistic. That's very powerful. I appreciate you sharing that. Definitely, definitely raw. And I think a lot of people listening will be able to, you know, relate to that story. So again, very powerful information that you're sharing. Uh, to wrap this up, um, before I before I let you go, um, obviously, you've talked about a lot of challenges and obstacles, both personally and professionally. Um, and obviously, we're dealing with the 
coronavirus pandemic today. Um, are you taking, and if so, what are some of the lessons you're taking from what you've learned in the past? You've mentioned a few of them already, but I guess if you had to give me maybe two to three uh, lessons that you've taken from past experiences, how are you applying them um, to today's pandemic? A lot of leaders have mentioned the uh, key lesson they learned during crisis is communication, communication, communication. And I would definitely echo that. Um, but based on my experiences and also through uh, uh, dealing with the uh, trade tension as well as the COVID-19 now, um, I feel like being able to take it, uh, uh, you know, one step forward is, is important too, which means, you know, com- um, communication is wonderful, but we need to educate people as well. So communication is very effective when everybody is, their knowledge level and their understanding is on the same page. And then you will be able to have a very effective communication. Everybody can work towards the common goal. You know, what I discover, for example, in the U.S.-China trade tension is there's knowledge gap. People just don't know each other. And I come across this all the time when I was helping my clients, whether doing projects in China or doing projects in the United States. You know, the constant communication sometimes results in frustration. It's because they're assuming other people know where they're coming from. And it's much more complicated when you're dealing with people from a different culture background, different historical background, um, that they're, they're not able to, to, to be there. So that's why I really advocate for education. You know, use the way where the people that are most comfortable in receiving new information made them realize, okay, this is something that I really did not know. And I really needed that education. So, for example, I like to uh, give that to my uh, clients as well. I used to live in China, so I used to drive on the right. And then and when I moved to the UK, I had to learn how to drive on the left. And that was very challenging. It, it just it felt so awkward, and I just hate every minute of it. Um, and then I, but I finally overcome that challenges, and I became a pro driving on the left. I, I even got my UK driver's license. And guess what? When I moved to the United <laughs> States again... <laughs> I have to throw away all the knowledge that I have and then start driving on the right. So when I do business, when I help my clients do business um, with China and United, uh, in Iowa, and I said, think about, are you driving on the right or are you driving on the left? It's just what people are used to. Is there a better way? Are, you know, driving on the right is better or driving on the left is better. It depends on what you're used to and depends on what the society has considered norm. And after that, they're like, oh my gosh, that is really powerful. And just with one example, um, we, we understand that. And that's when I realized the power of education. And use the things that are simple that people can relate to, to put them on the same feel that, you know, we as humans, we um, cannot help, but sometimes we will have bias, whether it's conscious or subconscious, like, but through education, it's how we can better ourselves and how we can bring people together uh, to achieve better results. And it's particularly important during crisis because during a challenging time in crisis, we, you know, we're just panicking. We're so eager to jump to solutions. And then we forget about, okay, you know, we were different. We were so different from the ghetto that we really have to think about how do we get people to be on the common ground that they can achieve a common goal 
Um, and that's when I advocate for education. Great. Well, Lee, thank you for, for taking the time today to share your insights uh, from not only personal stories, but your professional stories. Again, having been so well-traveled around the world, I, I do appreciate your, your viewpoints. And I hope that for those of you listening, you were able to, to find some gems within our conversation today. By all means, especially if you're a small business owner, go back, listen to this a couple of times, uh, because like I said, there, is some, there are some good tips uh, within our conversation. So Lee, uh, thank you for joining us. I hope you continue to stay healthy. Uh, wish you continued success with uh, your uh, China Ira Group organization. Anything else to add? Uh, well, again, thank you for having me. And I do hope we small business owner uh, and entrepreneurs um, come together and help each other out. And uh, we will come out of this stronger. And I send my best regards to everyone out there at this challenging time. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.